back to part two. This is part two. Hello, everyone. This is part two of our conversation with Ellen. Um, so, do you have any honourable mentions of pieces that didn't quite make your top seven? I do, indeed. Now, it's important to state that it was really difficult because I, I'm not just one of those people who listens to the Smiths and Taylor Swift and says they have an eclectic taste. I have a very eclectic taste and I thought it's important that I represented all of my different tastes and I did feel like I'd missed out some musical theatre and I haven't even got that in my honourable mentions but it's just I'm acknowledging it now I love musical theatre and if I had to choose one song on the top of my head that I just sing in the shower somewhere that's green anyway um (laughs) my honourable mentions so I've got Mambo number five (laughs) A classic. It is a classic, you know. It is. Oh, come on! It it's it's a it's a real dance number, um, mm. and again, it gives me the sensation of being a player, which I'm not. But <laughs> it's it's nice to feel like I am sometimes, and yeah, I just love it. And then I pretend that I can do salsa to it, but I can't. I just look very awkward, just sort of stepping back and forth. But it's no, always, surely it, not. <laughs> Thanks. But yeah, it's oh, just what a glorious song. Anyway, uh, and I love to dance, and uh, the dancing just doesn't love me. A little bit of Sandra in the sun, a little bit of Mary all night long, a little bit of Jessica, here I am, a little bit of you makes me your man. So I love anything with a little bit of a beat, a little bit of a something to shake to that's what's important yeah yes so that's my first honorable mention then we've got Lydia which is a piece by Foray but I'm for my honorable mention I would like the arrangement sung by the king singers now I had to get the king singers in here okay so I since from a very young age have been obsessed with them right I I can sense the judgment, Alex, and I won't no. receive it. Uh, no, absolutely not. I think they're I think they're really good, and I think at the moment they are they feel to be going off into a new direction and really exploring the repertoire that they're doing. Yeah, um, which is really exciting. So I'm, yeah, you know, I'm not dissing them at all. <laughs> That's just because you you're just holding out that they'll uh, that they'll be like you know they'll they'll invite you into the group. <laughs> can you imagine uh well i do yeah i do like dressing up and they do dress really well they do and they coordinate with each other as well which mm. which seems really fun yeah although i just don't think i could uh i just don't think my voice would really work in that setting let's go with that we no can, wrong yeah. wrong Thanks. absolutely wrong i mean totally fishing but whatever yeah yeah yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my god alex you have the best voice in the world <laughs> great um <laughs> checks in the post um <laughs> tell us about lydia who was she um i she <laughs> lydia's great um is the main gist of the song i think um but no, it, this is just a real comfort song for me. You know, if something's gone wrong, you know, the toilet's overflowed. Oh, dear. I know. Or, you know, I've had a particularly stressful day. Lydia's that song for me that I can just completely relax to mm. and just let it wash over me. And um, <laughs> if my housemate comes into the room and I'm listening to Lydia, she usually asks me um, how many how many times 
you know, how many times has it happened? How how many repeats are we on so far? And on a particularly stressful day, I can just bash it out, you know, 10 times in a row <laughs> until it has its full effect. I need to, you know, I need to, I need to seep it in. It needs to seep yeah. into my pores. Okay. Um, I love it. But, you know, it's difficult for me because when I was younger, I was given the brace yourself for middle classness. I was given the um, Good Vibrations album by Kings, the King Singers. And I was obsessed with it. And my parents were like, you do realize, you know, those are real pop songs and you could listen to the pop songs instead of the King Singers singing them. I was like, no, 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 none of that. I like this more. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was just obsessed. They're, they were truly, truly embarrassed of the child they had created who who thought that American Pie was written by the King Singers. I mean, oh, it, okay. it doesn't bear thinking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So it was difficult for me because I would love anything off the Good Vibrations album because I was obsessed with that and I knew all the words to everything off it. Um, but Lydia at the moment is just something I'll just put on, you know, the toilets overflowed or the ceiling fell in or, you know, you know, tiny disasters like <laughs> Alex has asked me to, Alex has asked me to sing the Psalm tomorrow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I sit, I sit with my thoughts and I just let Lydia wash over me. It's so beautiful. Lydia. I did actually in first year try to sing it and God, it's such a hard piece to sing. Mm, it's horrible. Yeah. It doesn't sit well in my voice. That's the excuse I'm giving. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I, it's so gorgeous and I love for it and I love the French language. I love French song. So um, yeah, no, it's, it's an obvious choice and I can't believe I didn't put it on the, on the main list. Uh, well, you can't go back now. That's yeah, the, exactly. the, the patapod. Um, sorry. I've just, <laughs> You, you said the phrase, the toilet has overflowed, uh, followed by let it wash all over you, um, which is just a, a bad combination, really. But um, yeah. That's how I spend that. my evenings, uh, <laughs> okay. sitting in the bathroom while it overflows. Oh, wow. Great. Well, whatever gets you through the day. Yeah. Um, nice. I think I've heard this done a few times on cello. Is that right? Is that? Oh, yeah. Often people play foray arrangements on cello, don't they? Yeah, yeah. It's lovely. I like the cello. It's my, one of my favourite instruments. Is it? Now, wait, I just, I, I know on podcasts you're not meant to like, is it? Well, no, I just want to hear more about you. So I need to know, do you play another instrument apart from piano? Um how much to give away oh my god this is when you come out with you play the recorder or something go on no it's worse than that so <gasps> growing up we all played the accordion 
Oh my god. Yeah, so we played the accordion, but they we only like played the melody on the right hand and there were all these buttons on the left. And I was like, what do these do? But yeah. no one taught me what they were, so I lost interest in it all very quickly. Um, but what I'm trying to do now, because uh, Becky from Choir, she also plays the accordion, and mm. she lent me her accordion to try and oh, pick cool. up. So in the music office at the moment, there is an accordion, which I need to embrace again, and I'm basically Amazing. trying to teach myself how to yeah. use the left hand. Um <gasps> So we that played the accordion, but then I taught myself piano. So my sisters okay. played piano, but like just didn't go anywhere with it. So yeah. my mum was reluctant to like give me lessons because I just ended up doing the same. So I taught yeah. myself piano for a bit, begged to get lessons. Eventually they relented. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I feel as if my musical background is patchy because I taught myself quite a lot and then when I got lessons they were like oh well you already know this so we'll like speed you up the early grades a bit um so I think my like my grounding is not as (laughs) secure no but I I've never heard of anyone who's taught started off teaching themselves something that hasn't been like completely passionate about it and then pursued it seriously the fact that Mm, you were like passionate about it enough to to teach yourself I think it actually takes so much more energy to teach yourself something oh yeah totally and because it was painful like I'd be looking at teach yourself keyboarders one of those books yeah and you're going you're trying to teach yourself notation at the same time and you're Mm. going oh so this is a g this is what a g looks like there and this is a g on the piano and you're just like constantly your head is going from what's on the page down to where your finger is on the keyboard and back again and then it's just like and because I I was playing a lot by ear eventually or yeah. originally and then I tried to teach myself so that was just a long long painful process and then I had a conversation with someone at school about because we were all talking about thinking ahead to university what we might want to go and if we were going to university what we might want to go and study and like yeah. I want to do music and then mm. uh my music teacher had said well you my advice is to pick up a second instrument okay um because that apparently was the requirement so I picked up flute which is a regret in my life because it just I don't (gasps) like the flute oh my gosh it just I find it well I think it's because I was playing it and I was playing it really badly so I I got up to grade five I think and I was like that'll do I'm not doing Mm. this anymore so I play, I play that, but then like my interest was always, I was doing a lot of composing when I was yeah. a teenager because, you know, you live in the middle of the countryside, there's not that much to do. Yeah, but there's um, also, there's so much, there's so much stimuli. <laughs> yeah, but I think also my, my approach to composing was styling out my mistakes on the piano. So I love that. I'd be doing a piece and be like, oh, this is going really badly wrong. And this is what I still do. I love it. I think it's, you know, some people I feel like it's when they play piano, it's like a separate, you know, the hands are completely disembodied, you know. Mm, and it, yeah. I think with you, it's completely, you know, you're one whole thing. And I think in Vespers, you really do have fun with it. I, I really do think that. And I don't mean that in a, every other note is wrong. I mean, like, um, I just see you swinging your leg over the little bench and you <laughs> just swinging around and you're just having fun with it. And I, I think that's a great energy. And uh, But I, I, I'm not a huge flute fan. 
not a huge why fan. Why would you be though? Like, I I didn't really like it because I was playing it, and then I got to university and I did I was like specialising in composing, and our composition mm. teacher was really anti flute. He hated it. He thought, and he and a lot of his opinions I've absorbed because I thought he was completely right. When yeah. you as a composer, flutes are problematic because they evoke so many things or they evoke mm. a particular type of sort of thing in your imagination yeah um whereas something like the clarinet clarinet is a great instrument because it's so ambidextrous and it like you can there's so many different parts of it that you can yeah. you can use and it's really great um but the flute is just like in the orchestra you're like oh the flute is doing a little solo now it's just yeah. such a ugh. It's only ever going to be a mythical creature. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> Although saying this, have you ever heard The Great Train Race by Ian Clarke? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, there's a really lovely flute duet called Maya, which is just the best I've ever heard a flute sound. Honestly, yeah. it's worth a listen. Um, it's really lovely. and But then the rest of the album pretty much more of the same and more more uh, train um. more train stuff so i wouldn't recommend all of it but <laughs> maya <laughs> love you ian um but maya is like really really lovely but that's the only bit of flute that i've been like yeah i love this but i heard it in a recital and when i originally heard it um i liked it but we left and my dad was like oh what was that because um one of the flutes just it was slightly out of tune on the top notes and yeah. i think that's enough to turn an audience off yeah it's touch and go with a flute and I would say the same for recorder it really is you need to be top quality or it's kind of like meh I love a recorder and I love when you've got proper not the plastic things that primary school have when you've got proper like wooden recorders it can sound stunningly beautiful there's I was doing a piece and oh it was Noah's Flood Britain's Noah's Flood which requires lots of school children playing recorder love it and I roped a friend in to play and she is a really good recorder player and has got Mm. all of the different types and (laughs) I think she must have sent me a link of some piece or something and then I went off on this sort of wormhole of recorder music and it can be so beautiful so Mm. soothing so playful Mm. as well so I think I wouldn't write it off. I'd, I'd write no. the flute off. Uh, <laughs> I was also at university. I was also strong-armed into joining the flute choir. Oh, and no. That's, I mean, what's got to kill off? Oh, it's just <laughs> not a good sound. But, you know, I would say what's worse than the flute is the piccolo. <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, you just think, have you even bothered to try and tune it? And <laughs> or maybe you have, but it's just never, it's never going to work. Yeah. I also, my sister played flute um, for a while and I tried a few times to play it and it is just a frustrating instrument to play. Yeah. Yeah. With the violin, you just pull the bow and a sound comes out. Um, and I just think with the flute, this, it, it, it's so temperamental. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, just make a sound or don't, flute, please. <laughs> She's passionate about this, great. <laughs> you've got, you've got me riled up. That's what's happening. <laughs> well, <clears throat> the flute will do that for <laughs> sure. 
Yeah, so that's uh, that's yeah. I used to play flute and a bit of accordion. That's. Um, I only ask because I, I I see you as a cello player. Do you think you'll take that up? Do in, you? In um, I absolutely will not because oh, okay. the cello is one of my favourite instruments, mm-hmm. and I <laughs> don't want to ruin that instrument. Oh, myself. I see. Okay, yeah. Yeah, cello. No, I was going to say horn as well, but no, it's I, I love mm. the horn. I love the oboe. But cello is just by far like outranks so many yeah. of them by um, by a long way. Yeah. Um, give me give me your favorite cellist. My favorite cellist. Yeah. Um, so Shostakovich's cello concerto yeah. is like banging. It's okay. Wonderful, and it was written for. Rostropovich that's okay name. and yeah. I think he's great and I think he played a lot of stuff for Britain as well um okay. I mean I, yeah um, there's just so much music out there that's really great Shostakovich yeah. <laughs> is great um, oh yeah the Britain cello suites are amazing the Bach mm. cello suites are great and it's yeah. just an instrument that I think you can do you can do quite a lot with um, oh definitely it's and, gorgeous so yeah and it, those I think just having someone play it like unaccompanied and just playing like a simple melody is mm. re- in a really good acoustic it's just stunning and really beautiful um, yeah completely but the thing is okay oh, here we go. Out. <laughs> but at the um now I don't usually keep on on track with the the royals <laughs> but I think um is it is it foray or I think it's foray. So I, so many th- beautiful things you could do with the cello. Okay. Yeah. This, here begins my rant. So many beautiful things you can do for the cello for a wedding. Come on, you could have something really beautiful. So they have Shaker Kenny Mason, gorgeous, amazing, and they get him to play um, Sicilian by I think it's by oh, Foray. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just this really blah piece of music and it just repeats and you just think first of all even Foray there's so much better stuff. Yeah. But and, and nothing against this piece I just think for a wedding how blah like walking down the aisle to that uh mm. like it's just so dun, 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 dun. it's it sounds like something you play to a child and I was not here for it. There are so many gorgeous things on the cello and this is what I was saying to everyone. Everyone's been like, you know, you're being rude. No, the cello is such a versatile instrument and I, I wanted something big. Yeah, so I also didn't like that piece because I heard it. I think it's on a, it's an ABRSM exam piece for the flute. Oh. Um, and I've heard some people when I was at school play it and I was like this is grim this is really grim fair enough yeah um but yeah I agree I agree yeah it's Mm. mm, there could have been a better choice there agreed do you have any suggestions for a better choice for when we go back in time (laughs) oh no but I'm one of those people who just wants dramatic things so I wouldn't want it to particularly be wedding-y what's that what's the cello concerto is it the Elgar one that goes dong gling that big chord at the beginning for me, that would be that would be as the doors open and you see the bride for the first time. That would be the court. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. No, no, I can. I'm sure there are many better. Okay, there are just. I just know, and I can't list them right now. But there are so many better things, mm. pieces of cello music that they could have done. And I'm sure you know Elgar concert, cello concerto would it would be high on that list. But 
you know, I can understand if they'd say no to that. But um, yeah, I th- oh, God, I just think it was such a waste. And I, I listened to it and I just thought, meh. <laughs> would you really want that at your wedding yeah yeah then you find a lot of people who just go oh, sing whatever at my wedding you know and Ave Maria's fine really <laughs> I get really because I've done and you will have done so many weddings as well but like mm. you get to the point where you get so like emotionally detached from wedding yeah. music I think because you're just churning out the same sort of rubbish exactly um and then you are talking to friends about their wedding music choices and you're tr- trying desperately to persuade them not to go down a particular route. And you're like, no. Yeah. So the organ music at the end doesn't need to be the Mendelssohn Wedding March. It can be something different. It can exactly. also not be the Vidor Toccata, which everyone seems to think is like a good alternative. And it is, yeah. but it's like, we want something different. <laughs> yeah. And also the music. I mean, especially if you're having a religious ceremony, the music is the stuff where the congregation just goes to go, oh, you know, oh, how lovely. Yeah. You know, and I just think, um, what's the what's the point? I, I went to at this, oh, my God, the most beautiful wedding in this beautiful teepee. And, um, oh, they, they walked into, um, oh, what's that song? Come with me and you'll be. Oh, real imagination, pure imagination. Yeah. So gorgeous. And it was. Um, there was a harpist and I don't remember if it was a cellist or something else. I don't remember, but okay. they were, they played it instrumentally, obviously. And um, it was just gorgeous. And I thought, what a gorgeous thing to say about your relationship. That's really making a statement about yeah. what you think your marriage is going to be like. And it was gorgeous. And I was in floods of tears. Um, but then this was a non-religious ceremony and oh my God, they like, Oh, they read poems to each other and um, like for their vows. And uh, I don't know if you know, I'm not, I can't remember who the poet is. I think it's Rossetti, maybe. It was a poem called A Birthday. And yeah, it's like, Rossetti, yeah. oh my God. My love is like a singing bird. My heart's like a singing bird. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Because my love's come to me because the birthday of my life. Oh, and if someone said that to me, I'd be on the floor. I'd be a jelly. I'd be jelly. And I was sobbing in the background. It was the most phenomenal wedding I've ever been to. It was followed by a barn dance. It was perfect. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm. It was just stunning. But I just thought that there were such careful choices of music. And I really appreciated that as opposed to just your generic, just sing Ave Maria and have it over with. No, yeah. say something about your relationship. How is this wedding going to be different from anyone else's, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'm more passionate about it now because I'm I'm at that age where I'm going to quite a few weddings. I'm like, hmm, yeah, is it just going to be different, <laughs> or is it just going to be exactly the same? Exactly, yeah. Uh, and I'm going to need to follow the guy who's serving the prosecco around all day to get through. <laughs> <sighs> Little insight. Oh, amazing. So, have we? Hang on. We're, no, we've got one more piece, don't we? I've got one more piece. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So that was Lydia. <laughs> Lydia. That was Lydia, yeah. Lydia. Oh, Lydia. Yeah. Great. Which also would be a fabulous wedding piece. Just a suggestion for anyone listening. Yeah. Just a thought. <laughs> That's anyway. what we're here for, you know, music, getting your musical <laughs> suggestions. Oh, I should do a wedding special. Oh, that would be so good. Oh, yes. Oh, really my gosh. One. That's a good Look, I came up with that. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I we're always say. looking to get, you know, guests back for special editions. Oh, what, um, what would I have at my wedding? Yeah, maybe that's too... Um, 
it's it, well that's never just that's just never going to happen i'm never going to marry but it right, would be okay. lovely to imagine paint paint the picture of the ceremony but i think uh so when we did the christmas special i had yeah. someone who loved christmas loves everything about yeah. it but then also someone who hated it um and that was a really good balance so yeah but well I think yeah you know the best people to advise on weddings are the people who you know are just never gonna embrace that oh 100% because I'm I'm from a detached perspective here okay yeah um I will say that my imagination because I know that it's probably never gonna happen for me uh, just because I don't agree with the concept not because I think I'm gonna be a spinster um but I, I've always seen myself in ostrich feather and um I've always I've so following from that strand onwards I've always thought crazy music it has to be crazy yeah so uh, that's what I can guarantee I'd love to hear what your wedding list would be like do you um, see yourself in ostrich feather <laughs> not really so oh, there gosh. are two there are two aspects of it so I, I, I mean, I don't see myself ever getting married. Uh, okay. Well, I don't know. Um, yeah. The only piece of music that I would really like is Handel's Eternal Source of Light Divine. Amazing. Uh, and the really famous version is the one with Ellen and Thomas singing uh, it in octave higher in soprano range. Okay. Uh, but I actually quite like the countertenor version sung by okay. Nice counter tenor because uh, yeah. I think it's just a really beautiful. I really like Handel, and I just think it's a really beautiful piece of music. Um, Eternal source of light, divine. I mean, that's just a really it's a nice sentiment. But I have no other. Uh, <laughs> I have no other um, sort of wedding ideas. But just when you were talking about ostrich feathers, yeah. Um, <clears throat> for my funeral. Uh, and in a, in a previous uh, episode, I've talked about what music I'd like on my funeral, like yeah. hymns and stuff. Okay. But um, I've always said, and I've said this to various friends, and be like, if you, well, you probably will outlive me with your lifestyle. Like, you, <laughs> can you please ensure that people wear black? It's a full on mourning affair. Okay. Um, okay. And I want people weeping. <gasps> but yeah. uh, I, I would love um, like a ballet troupe to be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be there so like the coffin is brought in and the I think it's um the Prokofiev Romeo and Juliet the music for when Juliet dies or Juliet's funeral or something <laughs> I want that being played preferably with a live orchestra and ballet dancers like just all the way across the building um and amazing like, just on top of the coffin and just being <laughs> so like overly grieving about this that's that's what I want that sounds incredible yeah oh my gosh can I RSVP now oh please do it's <laughs> yeah. you're gonna want to get a seat yeah no of course come on it's gonna be it's gonna be packed I need one close to the front that's incredible I love that idea I just I think I I just think people I love the sentiment of like, oh yeah, celebrate life and all that sort of stuff. Mm. But I think uh, I love I, I love a ritual, and I love what I loved about the Duke of Edinburgh's funeral is that there was no mm. um, eulogy. It was just yeah. here is music and here are some readings and the odd prayer and stuff here, and then that's it. And then here we go. So you, 
I can't believe that. So you want people to cry, but you don't want anyone up there being like, wasn't he a legend? No. So what I want is to have this thing where it's like unbelievably sad and distraught and people are just like, oh, I think because like Irish people, they're really good at a funeral. Okay, nice. um, Particularly in the North where people don't talk about their feelings and then everything's Mm. bottled up. And yeah. then you go to a funeral or you go to like the house before the funeral in the morning mm. and people are like there around the coffin and um, it's all open and people are just bawling their eyes out. And it's, mm. it's like pure grief and pure yeah. emotion. Yeah. Uh, and then they get that out of their system and then they're fine. Well, not fine, but like they've yeah. had that sort of catharsis really. Um, yeah. So that's what I want out of the funeral. I want it to be like, unbearably emotional and everyone just gets out of the system then they go to some pub or wherever and Mm. they basically have a massive party and then they and then people are just sharing stories and things like that you know (laughs) yeah okay yeah and then then everyone has a different experience because no one's there isn't this definitive version of my life and who I was yeah that's the issue with the eulogies you're only getting one person's opinion exactly and I've sat through many a eulogy when I'm like (laughs) being asked to sing or like conducting a choir at a funeral or something Mm. and there are little things where they say something and you go oh you're acknowledging this awkward point in this person's life and you're just sort of you're trying to like satisfy someone by acknowledging it during the eulogy Mm. but you know it's really a lot more juicy a lot more things going on and it's like (laughs) not okay to probably talk about it in front of a lot of people exactly yeah whereas if it was just a small group of you like you know drinking heavily oh that's i that's what i want i want god i want the juice to come out about my life i want oh my god did she tell you that no she didn't oh my god what that's what i'd like yeah and i think like part of me is almost, almost a bit like maybe because I'm always, I'm always fascinated with the whole idea of like writing an autobiography um, yeah. or, but I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't have the patience for that. And um, <laughs> contrary to popular belief, I'm not that self-involved, but uh, <laughs> I like the idea of actually leaving not letters, but like little notes and stuff that are opened after the funeral that are just mm. little things about my life that people probably wouldn't have known or. Ooh, that's know. cool. I like that. I like that. I like someone thinking they know you and then at the moment they lose you going, eh, you didn't know me. I'm an enigma. Yeah. 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 That's important for me. And I think I have that because of what you were saying, like having fingers in many different pies. Mm. There are a lot of people who see like a particular side of me and <laughs> won't have seen other sides. And, you know, <laughs> when you die, like you don't, well, you don't care really. It's not, there's yeah, nothing exactly. that they can do. So, gosh, what have you got going on? This is drug dealing going on <laughs> drug dealing. behind the yeah, scenes. That's Alexandra Park. That's where it all happens. <laughs> um, I was trying to tell you earlier, but you didn't get the clues. <laughs> so that was Lydia. Oh yes, that was Lydia. Yes, <laughs> a long time Fabulous ago. Yeah. Um, you've got one more honourable mention, I believe. <laughs> yes, my third honourable mention <laughs> is at, along the same sort of strain that I love French song. And I just thought, I, I, but I also love leader and um, yeah, I just love art song. I just love singing it. I think it's just the most fun. Um, and my most recent obsession is Chanson Triste uh, by Duparc. 
Is that how we say that? Or do we do we say the C? Dupin? I am not an expert in this. No, we'll 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 vibe it. We'll say Dupac and and get hate. Um, <laughs> and my favorite recording is by um, Gerard Souza, uh, just because <laughs> I think he's. I love him. I just think he's wonderful, uh, and he just does French song really really well. Um, okay. It's a bit like Fisher Fisher Diescal for oh, yeah. Lida, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah. has their little their little moment, and um, Gerard Souza is amazing for a French song. But I love Chanson Triste, and it's um, so many people in my year have sung it. Okay, and. It was only really until I heard Gerard, because we're on a first name basis, um, Gerard, but uh, it was only when I heard him sing it that I just sort of, I just love the slush of it. And mm. um, it's just this kind of thing with French song where it's just, it's, it goes slushy and then it goes even slushier than you'd imagine. Okay. And that's what I love about it. And then what I love about Lida is that it's so matter of fact, like this is what's happening and that's it. And um, I love that about both yeah. uh, sections. And yeah, Chanson Triste is just, mm, I love that. Da, 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 da. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Play that bit. <laughs> if you can decipher what that was. Um, <laughs> I'll try. There's a bit towards the end that's like, like that and it's it's just oh fading away fading away gorgeous gorgeous and obviously amazing singing um but also just the harmony it's glorious <laughs> mm. it's one of those pieces where i could just again it's just like caramel it's just beautiful and um Gerard, <laughs> Gerard's line is just incredible, and I, I just think there's something, as as you know, with your with your penchant for um, French Netflix. Um, <laughs> uh, I just love listening to French being sung anyway, so I I would listen to anything, but um, I do, yeah, I just I just love it, and I asked my singing teacher if I could sing it this year, and it's one of those things where she said we're going to save it for fourth year as like a big because I love it so much a big send away so I'll get to next year and I'll try and sing it and it'll be so hard and everything will go to uh, to shit and I'll realise that I actually hate this piece but for now I just I adore it
Well, this has been lovely. Thank you very much for giving Thank up your you. time to chat through all of this glorious music. Oh, it's been fabulous. Thank you for letting me rant away. Oh, you're totally welcome. Totally welcome. <laughs> yeah. And if any of the listeners have made it all the way to the end of part two, <laughs> congratulations to well you. Well done. Yeah. Um, and we'll see you again for another episode at some point soon.